Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. See? Right. God God said Bitch. <laughs> When the clip is that perfect before you get greasy, that always feels like a sign to me that God mm-hmm. don't want you to be greasy. Yeah. He let, yeah, he let he's, you like, he's like, I'm gonna let you say it, but you I'm ain't even gonna gotta edit it, bitch. Choice. Like it's cutting off at the greasy part for yeah. a reason. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna send this thinly veiled. Oh no, we took the thread out. Okay. I'm gonna send this to Damage to brighten his day, because I, I know he was upset. Wait a minute, is this the right clip? Harrison, how are we doing on time, love? Oh, he's uh this person is thumbs upping us. Oh, well, I can't see him. Oh, there he goes. Okay. <laughs> Hold on for a second. All right, I'm gonna send this clip to damage. Um and it's you know so crazy. And, and yes, please drink water. Uh because is there anything I can't say. Can no. I curse here? I can say No, it's called humanize. Anything that's human is allowed. Yeah, it's called humanized for a reason. But wait, did you? Okay, first of all, the fact that you leaned up and said butts. <laughs> what are you, dick? What are you? Tw- okay, you you don't have to lean up. You can move the mic to your mouth. Oh, okay. <laughs> just, okay. Yeah. So I will say. Oh, I like the shoes, babe. Thank you. Those are cute shoes. I'm wearing Yeezys today. I see. I'm a little slightly jealous. Didn't buy them. They look comfortable. Kanye sent them to us. Amen. And the reason why I wore them is because you are my oldest Kanye um, fan friend. Like I remember when Kanye was starting to be problematic, you and I held on the longest. We were the last to go. We were like, Ooh, not Harriet. You know, it's still slightly holding on. Yeah. We, we, so we, I think probably had the most fondness for Ye, even in the moments where everybody else was flocking in the mass exodus. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, why the fuck, why am I looking for the Yeezys? And I realized because I associate you with, (laughs) <laughs> usually yes. mm. people still check in and they're like you still yeah. on the boat and i'm like i'm I'm looking i'm looking from the shore that's a good yeah. question how do you feel about kanye right now and this wasn't even on the itinerary but it's an organic pivot how do you feel about him right now it's hard because i have such a long history of like like for him like he is one of the pe- he's still probably on my list the person I have seen the most in concert. Yeah. And I will pay top dollar to sit in the front to watch Easy. Like, that is me. Um, I feel like where I am now, I still enjoy his music. But the thing that had that is starting to, like, pick at me was when we were starting to get into, like, let me post stuff about Kim. Let me say things about my family mm-hmm. and private life. And I was like, oh, this is this isn't feeling great. And I guess this this is also coming from the like clinician and therapist part of me where I'm like, I've seen situations like this where particular folks are sending like certain threats or cert- saying certain things out loud. And then it's starting to generally affect like people on the other side. Yeah. And, I, and, and, and that is what was when I start playing his music and I was like, that doesn't feel good to me. So and it's, it's already said, starting to pick at me a little bit now. As but, a clinician, you know. though, you guys missed that. This is my my good friend, Dr. Shania Thomas. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hello. So when we're talking about, yeah, you have a very particular way of seeing him as a, both a fan and someone who is literally as an expert on the ability to pick him apart. People say, I don't want to diagnose him. You're one of the few people who is a fan who, <laughs> just, yeah, you have a degree. I have to a be able to, <laughs> you are literally qualified to talk about yay. I think this is the part where we're going to cue the, the intro music and have a sip of water because it's about to get good. Oh, Child, Lord. we love you, yay. Yay. <laughs>
Okay, so <sighs> when you are someone who works in the mental health field, it's interesting to view people because it's almost like you have to splinter yourself, right? Mm -hmm. It's like the part of you that's the human to human connection. And then there's a part of you that's looking from the lens of being objective with your training. And it's really interesting for me as someone who is not a doctor, but who has very organically ended up doing coaching work. Cause I realized that it's almost like therapy is the cake and coaching is the icing. Mm. And so it works hand in hand a lot. Like a lot of my clients have therapists and their therapist will be like, you and blue could talk about that. Cause I legally can't, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> there's a line, there's yes. a line that y'all can't cross. And that's when y'all hand me the baton and I finish the rest. And so, and a couple of my clients are therapists now, which has been interesting for me having so many therapists be clients because they're like blue. You don't understand how hard for me it is sometimes when people are dumping on me and the trauma dumping and the clinical part of me gets it. But the person in me is like, bitch, yeah, I'm I trying mean, to have dinner after this. Yeah. All good therapists should have therapists. So my question is for you, whether it comes to Kanye West and enjoying his music, but then seeing, Oh God, we had a class on this. <laughs> I usually, I taught a class on this. Yeah. Like I taught a class on this red flag, red flag, red flag. How do you, suspend reality enough to, uh, to enjoy music or even enjoy art when your clinical brain is saying stranger danger. Ah, ooh. <laughs> Cause I like the ratchet stuff. I, we, I mean, ooh. okay. So me and Shanae are both tourists. So Shanae, when's your birthday? May 16th. Yeah. So we actually celebrated, had a pre-celebration for Shanae's birthday yesterday. And so I know that like tourists, we like safety, but we like to watch the ratchet from a distance. Absolutely. With the popcorn. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're next to the Scorpios and the Libras and the Geminis who are yeah. also in the bushes with us talking shit and watching from a distance. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. But I we, like to be next know. adjacent. Who's <laughs> adjacent? It's over there. Yeah. Keep it over there. Close enough for but me I to watch. see, but I don't want any backwash. <laughs> right, yeah. right. And just in case you might need some help, like I might be able to jump in. Like yeah. I might. Depends like, on. Yeah, guys. It's got to be worth me getting out my seat because again, Taurus. Yeah. Right? Yes. I'm, I'm good for a gentle reminder. That's you don't have to be here, sis. Yeah, I tend to do that a lot. Like gentle reminder, you have options. Gentle yes. reminder, that was cruel. Yes, yeah. So how does that feel for you, though? Trying to navigate both parts of your brain. It at first it was a. It felt like a duty that there were some things that I had to like pull away from, like where I had to like I was just like oh because I particularly with the doctor title. Like, mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, things Bitch, shift. you a doctor, honey. Right? Things shift when you have, like, certain titles and things under your name. So it's just like, you know, I, I think, and, you know, I, I come from the South. My mama and my daddy, you know, raised me in a particular way of just, like, be classy and be a lady. You said the South. You know, all the, all the things, The, the right? birthplace so, of respectability politics. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, you know, as you're going through, it's just like, ah, oh, well, you know, I know I shouldn't be called a bitch. Or, you know, mm -hmm. oh, I shouldn't be talking this way about pussy. Um, but then on the other side, it's just like, I like that all that stuff. Right? Like, I, I, I do enjoy that. So I want to do ratchet things with my classy friends. I want to do ratchet things with my classy friends because I'm bougie. Because I'm a Taurus. Right, like so all the things are bougie are ratchet. We are, yeah. So I, I think something that I particularly teach my students because, especially when my students are noticing, like I'm not the typical professor where I'm coming in and I'm giving you a type of respectability politics lesson on like how to treat or work around mental health. Like Pause. I'm giving you the real. For those who are watching the video, I need you to see what Shanae looks like, my beautiful chocolate friend. <laughs> Shanae looks like she and Pharrell be hanging out. Shanae looks like you know the movie Dope. <laughs> Like, she hangs out with rich L.A. skaters, okay? Dr. Shania Thomas, Thomas is wearing a backwards cap, a beautiful floral print button down, and a Whitney Houston lavender t-shirt underneath, okay? It is getting skater boy, like, high fashion. I love it. I, I love the queerness and, and the dapperness and the youngness. But you adopt. It's all, it's all here. And the funny thing is, I will show up in my class dressed up in my Yeezy sweats. Like, that is how. <laughs> we how love a mindfuck. University of Southern California. Like, is she a rapper? <laughs> no, that's your teacher. That's yes. Professor Thomas. And I'm usually here. I'm just like, all right, everybody. We're going to check in with each other. See how everybody's doing on a scale of one to ten. One means that we're in an emergency. We need to call somebody They're like, why is Tal the creator our teacher? I'm so confused. <laughs> like, what's happening? But I love the visual mindfuck, though. Because healthy doesn't always always have to be buttoned up no and I tell my students I was just like I don't want any more more cookie cutter social workers in the field oh, it's child. hard for me <laughs> to be able to do my job and be able to pass 
pass on like clients that I have that I want other people to work with, but I don't want to send you to somebody who's like going by the book. Like yeah. as much as we have the DSM five in order to like lead us through diagnosis and all that, like I don't want you to use those things as your textbook on how to treat people or yeah. how to give good service. Humanity doesn't come from a textbook. Absolutely. Which is why, you know, going back to your earlier question about like the use that I use, you know, I use media and music. You know, we talk about Kanye West in my classes. You know, we <gasps> oh, talk you're about. Oh, you fun teacher. We do, yeah, we okay. do media. Like we're going to sit and we're going to watch, you know, disclosure from Netflix in the classroom. <gasps> we're going to sit here and watch, you know, like certain podcasts. Like we're going to do things because if you're working, particularly with our younger generation now, like mm -hmm. TikToks, in, the Instagrams, I'm that old where I'm just like the Instagrams and the TikToks, like we're using those as a teaching method because that is where your clients are Have you seen the Anatomy of a Scandal on Netflix? That, is that the one with the, the girl? Bridge is that the... Mm -mm, no, no, You yet. have to watch it. Okay. Anatomy of a Scandal, for those of you who are not into British stuff, just push through the accent. Um, just push through, okay? <laughs> Pretend it's top boy. Because it is an interesting dissection of the Me Too movement from the lens of not all predators know they're predators. mm it's a rich white man who, in his mind, is not a rapist because oh. he the world is built for him. So he just thinks any woman that he wants to sleep with must want to sleep with him back. Oh, yikes. The joke is that's what Trey Songz allegedly is like as well. Ooh. Like the, the concept that like she wouldn't want it isn't even an option. So in his mind, he's not a rapist because of course she wants it. Because of course she wants it. And, oh. I, and, and that's that kind of normalized rape culture that I find very scary because I will say this. We love Michaela Cole. She's... An amazing, amazing writer um, and actress. She did um, I May Destroy You. She did mm, Chewing mm -hmm. Gum. When I watched I May Destroy You at my big age, okay, I was in the, the 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 heavier parts of my 30s when this show came out. I did not know until I watched that show that taking off a condom is sexual assault. Right? Right? Grown-ass woman coaching all these clients, have all these clientele, big old advocate. I did not know that was sexual assault. And the scene where she says, this man assaulted me, I had to pause like, when? Mm, right. At, at and then moment, I had to right? Google it like, oh shit, that is a sexual assault to without consent, remove a condom and to put somebody in harm's way potentially or get them pregnant without their consent. Like to do any of that without consent during sex yeah. is a form of assault. And even something that nuanced, we're all being educated on these things. So mm -hmm. art really is very much teaching us a lot. Again, and shout out to media, shout out to like the younger generation. Shout who's out to the, like, to the black and brown and, and allies who are creatives who are putting their shit out there. Putting like words and terms to these things that are happening that have been mm. happening to us forever, right? Like Centuries. I think I also like, even when that conversation was coming about, I was just like, oh, that has happened to me. <laughs> there's, there's, there's a couple of people who you didn't know, know they had been sexually yeah. assaulted until they watched our show. You start thinking about it, yeah. I, yeah. I know some guys, and I always say this all the time, like, guys get mad at me when I talk about sexual assault because I always use Chris Brown as an example. Chris Brown doesn't know that he was raped Ooh. because in his mind, when you're 13 and your mother's friend wants to sleep with you, this sexy 20-something-year-old sleeping with you, you're a boy. Ooh, look at you being the man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know so many guy friends who don't know that they were raped because they thought it was hot that an older woman wanted them when they were a minor. Exactly. I'm like, no, brother, that's sexual assault. Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm, and then I'm always just like, I want to talk to those older women. Like, what were they told? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, something, like, as, as easy for me, you know, again, I guess going back to, like, being a clinician and being unbiased, like, I have to think about, like, what happened to those women to where they thought that that was appropriate? To where it was yeah, actually okay. Yeah, I want to be like, okay are you okay, to, Yeah, like, where, where it was okay to say, like, yeah, it's okay for me to have sex with this, like, 12, 13, 14-year-old. Well, 14 he's fine. Old, right? He's mature for his age. And he keeps looking at me like that. And, da -da -da -da, and I'm just like... And mind you, I recognize that in, in my age, I'm now unintentionally becoming a cougar. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it? No, maybe. Yes. It's unintentional oh, because okay. I think because my energy reads a little bit younger. Mm -hmm. I read the youngest off my mouth. Then you're like, no, this bitch has been here for my, my friend Bridget Kelly. Shout out to her. We had a conversation. I was like, Bridget, these casting agents keep hitting me up until they find out my age. And they're like, ooh, that's not the demo. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I'm not going to name the, the. I've had a couple casting agents offer me gigs. And then when it got to the time of how old are you again? And it wasn't 32. Suddenly, they're like, yeah. oh, honey, yeah, so we'll call you back. I'm like, wait, you were about to send me documents. Wait, 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 wait. And I was like, Bridget, I, I didn't realize I read so young. She was like, oh, honey, you read young until you open your mouth. And I was like, excuse oh, me? She was like, once you start talking, it's like, this one's been here 
Yeah. Wild. She's I a little mean, seasoned. I don't know what to do about that anymore. Like, I show up and people are just because like, Because you look very young. Hi, and then you, you, then you start talking. You're like, Are you Ooh. lost? <laughs> do you last to your classes? No, I just. I'm the professor. I, it's me. Yes. So because of that, the men that have been, and women who have been hitting on me, I think are like the, the early to mid 30s. Mm. I have not had anybody over 35 hit on me since I moved to LA. Ooh. How, well, you're we... making a face. Okay, I, well, I'm just like, do you have a line? Do you have like a, this is my, my dating age line? My moral line is a decade. Okay. Because I feel. Forward and backwards. Oh, shit. You got to think about that. No. No. Oh, oh no. Know the where. Where's because the Because no? once you hit 40, a decade is 50. Uh-huh. I don't want a 50-year-old no partner. One, oh, okay. You know why? Because there's a certain youthful je ne sais quoi that I have, and there's certain milestones that I still want to hit, like I have a baby. Okay. I don't know if a 50-year-old is going to be really down to yeah, have a newborn. To have more. Because by then, he probably already has some, or she probably already has some. And they're like, bitch, I'm on my third. Like, no. My kids can babysit your kid. Like, mm. So I think for me, because I do have a youthful checklist, yeah, I don't think I could do 50. No. Okay. I could do maybe like 45. 45 is the, okay. That's what I'm feeling. I feel like a 45-year-old would, would still want to do the things that I want to do. A okay. 50-year-old would look like, honey, <laughs> oh, baby Hand girl. Hand the Yeah, where's <laughs> my, my, my Colt 45? Because to me, once you're 50, you become Billy D. Williams. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this is the part. We got problematic real quick. The show is called Humanize, right? Wait. <laughs> <laughs> we just called everybody over 50 Billy right. D. Williams. <laughs> no, you did. <laughs> look, it, it, it is what it is. I will say this, too. There's a lot of things that are happening that are in Hot Topics. I... I want to first talk about my problematic king. <laughs> who is this? Your team, yay. And 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 so who would my problematic king be as his counterpart? Oh, who's, is it is it is it Drake? Yes. Who's Ooh. the only person who's a bigger Drake fan than Drake himself? That's Kanye. <laughs> Kanye had an interview and they had a counter for how many times he said Drake. Yes. He'd be like, fuck Drake. I love Drake. I'm like, sir, like just become bestie. <laughs> He's like, Drake, but one of the things that Kanye said about Drake, this is a perfect, look at my pivot game. There you go. Segment. One of the things that Kanye said about Drake is, no, y'all don't understand. Y'all be calling me crazy. But if you piss him off, he'll call your girl and ask her how she's doing. <laughs> Drake will do this. And they call her all her friends and ask them how they're doing. And now they're all like, oh, we love Drake. And fuck up every woman's, like every woman around you. Mm. We'll be like, oh, Drake makes me feel so safe. And you're like, my nigga, like my wife? Mm. So when Kanye said that, everybody thought he was joking. Until recently, that lady, news, right? Does it say this happened? A heckler went into the comment section talking shit about Drake's son. Which, by the way, if you talk shit about my kid, whatever you get, you deserve it. My Fucking opinion. You up. On site. On site, right? Yeah. And instead Something of I have to control when he said, day. "Oh, your kid must play with Ghost Riders because he's making a dig at Drake for allegedly having Ghost Riders," I think it doesn't even matter at this point if he does because they're getting paid mm. to help him with his empire. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but like the, Drake said, "Okay, well, I'm gonna check on your girl because I feel like she might need some excitement in her life." <laughs> And he did. She posted the screenshots of him saying, Hey mom, I'm here for you. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then he followed her. And now this poor man's wife is posting third thirst traps and oh, making merch <laughs> with the Drake owl that says, Hey mom, I'm here for you. So my question is <laughs> I approve this. <laughs> and they're putting on a brave face. They had an interview with TMZ, but they were like, no, it's fine. I mean, I think he crossed the line a little bit. Oh, really? Sorry. You're real mad. Drake being Drake crossed the line, but not you bringing up his son. Not Jim, just and, the, and, the, and the wife was like, oh, no, I have all the excitement I need. <laughs> what would you think if you were talking shit to someone of that stature and they tried to take your person, your partner? I mean, <laughs> who is it? <laughs> I'm not really... To say who it is like you know you know i also share so there's not, not yeah. really a, a boundary that's true if now you are you ethical doing non-monogamy that's very true that's, so are but you drake trying to troll your girl is very different than ethical non-monogamy. <laughs> but i'm also but if if, if drake was if drake was coming after my partner i'd be like i'd be like you know make sure you come home with a t-shirt or something like oh, you know, don't come empty-handed shout out to the poly crowd okay <laughs> this story hits different with the ethically non-monogamy yeah person. i'm like that looks fun yeah oh, <laughs> Right. Yeah, what is he like? Wow. Is he like soda? 
Okay, so not because he likes soda. <laughs> you like, not you want a carbonated beverage? Right. So I've heard so many podcasts cover this topic. I don't think anybody has had a guest. Oh. <laughs> have that who said that's fine? Like, who else going to be there? <laughs> the baby could come too. <laughs> but I will say this, though. I, I'm not a celebrity. I'm only a public figure. And I always love to make that distinction because in LA, there's a lot of people who are public figures who think they're celebrities. Are you telling me this? No, I'm just identifying. Oh, okay. I think you're a celebrity. No, but okay, a, let's go. But there's a difference between public figures and celebrities, right? Okay. And so, like, I think a lot of people in LA who are public figures think they're celebrities. And, and then a celebrity comes and swoops down. You're like, oh, right. Oh. That's what is the di- difference? I think the difference is influence. Mm. Even So there's public figures and influencers, but celebrities have. Uh, an amount of influence that's almost systemic and not time systemic mm. like when people say that horrible meme you have the same 24 hours it's in the day as Beyonce no that's like saying I have the same 24 hours as Walmart Beyonce's a conglomerate <laughs> no that's not true that's like factually inaccurate yes. no I do not have the same 24 <laughs> fucking hours as Walmart you mental giant <laughs> making stupid ass memes right so sorry I get really angry when I read these memes like mm, that's unhealthy right and then all my friends are posting it and I'm like actually friend can you take that down or something? <laughs> yeah so no we don't have the same for 24 hours as Beyonce because Beyonce is not one person right even when I we were at that event last night we're gonna talk about that and someone was acting a fool one of my friends said well shouldn't his team be fixing I'm like team in LA everybody assumes mm. you have a team sometimes um, you're just one singular public figure out here in these streets exposed without a publicist or anything doing the Lord's work. Mm. And so I think for me, the Drake trolling thing, a lot of people, when they troll you, there've been times where as a public figure, I'm bringing it back around when people write shit about me in the comment section and I respond, Hey sis, I don't think you watched the rest of the interview. I actually touched on the point that you made. I think we actually agree more than you, you do think. that a lot. It's funny. Yeah. And then they'll be like, Oh my God, it's blue. Oh my God, I'm a big fan. I didn't realize you were going to, I was like, no, no, no. You were just, you could just call me a bald headed bitch five minutes ago, sis. I need you to <laughs> I'm actually going to correct you because you're wrong. I'm trying to have a teachable moment, mm-hmm. but you were coming at me, Grease. Let's be really yeah. clear. And you said I come do that. I do do that a lot, huh? Yeah. I be trying to talk to the people. I like, mean, you got to tell them because they be wrong. Like, since you ain't got to do that. I mean, we're, we're also not necessarily in a place in time where people thoroughly read or watch things when before they respond. They so watch just the like, I need, I need the like five to seven, 10 second clip and then I'm going to give you my opinion as opposed to like watching the whole thing that you probably very well curated and posted and, and thought had a about lot of production and, value and yeah. got glam another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help for your financial to-dos Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. I will say what's funny, the antithesis of Drake, though, while Drake's trolling makes sense, the one person who did try to get in the comments and try to do a chin check and she got checked inside was Danny Lay. You know what I mean? Danny Lay mm. had that incident where we had filmed the show together with Afro-Latinas and during a break, we were talking about um, what it means to be Afro-Latin. And I was very surprised because I was the only black presenting person on an Afro-Latin panel. Mm-hmm, you know who mm-hmm, Jalissa, mm-hmm. the the commentator? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She was the second darkest person there. Okay. Yeah, and she's okay. Cafe Olay. Okay. So I'm sitting there on an Afro-Latin panel, like the only spot of brown in a sea of whites presenting Latinos. I'm like, where's the afro, y'all? I think only one of us up here can even make an afro. I'm looking at Denny Lay. Well, she Dominican. I got Dominican brothers and sisters. Uh, I'm going to latch on to that. Mm-hmm. So I immediately felt a kinship to her because we're from the same island. And at one point, she was like, she said something to the effect of, and I am trying not to dig up old demons. Like, basically, I don't understand why black Americans get so mad at me because I like their culture. I like their music. Their men love me. I think those girls are just bitter. Hmm. And I and I, I said, ooh, I said, Danny, don't don't say that. Yeah. I said, well, Danny, can you accept that even if you might not be the right place for any vitriol they might have, that their pain is real because mm-hmm. colorism is real. And systemically, those black women have been told that they are inferior over and over again. Yeah. She was like, nah, I didn't do nothing to them. They need to cut and so I was like, okay, well, sis. I just think you need more education on this. I would really advise you not to say that when we, in public or when we start rolling, right? So I'm thinking this poor sweet, because she was really sweet. Mm-hmm. Danny Lay is very sweet. I want to say this to the audience. Danny Lay is a sweet girl, but she is young and she's had her head gassed up in ways that she hasn't unpacked yet. 
And she's uneducated, right? I don't know if people are knowledgeable when they talk about like celebrities about like age development. <laughs> right? I guess in my Whatever in my doctor mind, I'm like Please also remember that a lot of these like celebrities are like 21, 22, 23, 24, right? Like they haven't hit a lot of certain milestones. The perspective that we have on like development socially is it's going warped. to be different. Like, it's it's war, right? Like they're not coming from the like you grow up, you go to school, you graduate, you go to college, you get a job. You like struggle, that's not, you, you get your you heart broken. We're not. Yeah, they're not doing that. They're on a whole other different. They have handlers. So the fact that you have yeah. a handler to, to bring your cereal. Like think about that. Right. And then and, you throw in a baby. <laughs> and but this was before she was pregnant though i can't imagine so this was before she was pregnant and i remember thinking to myself this girl's so sweet and i told one of the producers somebody give her my number mm. i think she's a sweet girl who's saying ignorant things because she has friends gassing her up and then if she just had like a big sis it would make a difference mm. so i walked away very disappointed but also sympathetic towards her i told my makeup artist the next day when i got my face done for another show i told some, the person i was dating at the time i told a couple of friends the story like i met Denny lay she said some problematic things but she's a young dominican girl I don't think she understands the African American, the black experience in the African American culture, and that she's a visitor in some ways because she doesn't identify as black. Mm -hmm. So it was really weird when the camera started rolling and we had to say your name and what you identify as. And I was like, I'm Blue to Lucifer and I'm Afro Latina. She said, I'm Danny Lay and I'm Afro Latina. I said, You just, oh, you just okay. told me you weren't black before. Mm -hmm. Wait, what? So that was the first thing, like, Oh, but you just said you weren't black and you were othering blackness as something that you were not. Very much off so. camera and now we're all saying we afro-latino like it's a fucking gap ad like mm -hmm. what's happening right now mm -hmm. fast forward yellow bone comes out oh because all right then fast forward when the baby has the live remember the live <laughs> you just a side piece shorty i don't know why you stole in my oh house oh my god i don't think it's impersonation i think it's a, <laughs> it actually sounded like the baby a little bit i should probably get into improv <laughs> So at this point, everybody's talking about Danny Lay. What she do? Poor thing. We, we feel so bad for her. And me forgetting that I work at Hollywood Unlocked and that there's millions of people watching. When they asked me what I think about it, I said, hey, guys, I'm going to be honest with you. I sympathize with Danny Lay as a woman. But considering that she's personally told me that she didn't consider herself black and she made a song trying to antagonize a black woman, saying that she was superior mm. and they hit her back. I just wish that she had more people around her to educate her. And I'm going to tell her again, somebody needs to give you my number. The layers. She got into the comment section and told everybody I was lying. Did not realize that I had receipts, screenshots, eyewitnesses. Oh, just because. I mean. She tried to pull a Drake. She tried to pull a Drake trying to check somebody in the comments. Not realizing that, honey, there's a reason why we were in the same room. I have access to. Yeah. Like, you didn't think that I was going to do that? Celebrities oh. sometimes will lie in the comments because they think the person that they're hanging on is a nobody that they can lie to. Which brings mm -hmm. me to this topic. As someone who educates on this, do you, I call it asserting dominance and tell me if I'm wrong. I think there's a, a certain assertion of dominance that happens when someone has identified that they are of a higher social standing than you. And therefore, they think that they don't have to meet you with the same level of respect or reciprocity or just basic, like, decency. Mm -hmm. Is that somebody asserting their dominance? Because I've had an argument with people, like, I feel like you're trying to assert your dominance right now and it's making me uncomfortable. Is that the right terminology? Like, if you're having an example, and a, like, perfect example, when I'm talking to my ex, he was a guy, and whenever he would get upset because I was making a good point that he couldn't counter... He would start talking to me like he was my daddy. He would square up, mm -hmm. saying, tell me I'm being childish, mm -hmm. X, Y, and Z. I was like, if you're squaring up and putting bass in your voice and talking down to me like I'm a child, I feel like you're trying to assert your dominance to make me feel small. Yeah, or I'm trying to regain my power, right? Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, when I, if I'm in a situation where I feel like I am no longer, maybe, in, maybe the identities that I have no longer put me in the forefront of this conversation, mm -hmm. and, you're, and you're starting to either like, you know, you're bringing in new information or you're challenging me in a certain way that I wasn't prepared for. Mm -hmm. I always talk about it as just like, it sounds like you're trying to vie for a certain level of power mm -hmm. in this situation. Um, and for some people, like, I, especially because I do like DEI work quotes, <laughs> because what kind of work is that? But I feel like I talk to people a lot about when you're coming into a room, like you're always trying to figure out where your position is, right? right. Like who has what, who's gained what, what do I have? I'm the superior one here. I'm, I'm the, superior. Yeah. Let me check all my identities of how I show up. Because yeah. sometimes I have to think like, I don't know how you're being oppressive, discriminatory against me. Cause it could be I'm black or I'm queer or because you assume that I'm a woman. Right. Mm -hmm. So even in conversation where people are trying to figure out like, how can we make this exchange equitable? Especially if you have a, 
maybe an identity that's dominant or has a certain level of power, I always have to like push that in the forefront to make sure that you know. I who call I it am. the do you know who the fuck I am mentality. You know who the fuck I am. But right? here's the thing though, is there a healthy way to regain your power without trying to assert dominance over someone else by making them feel small? Yeah. I think because that's a way what to bothers me. Like people people taking their power back I love, but you asserting dominance in order to make me feel small to make you big as a comparative thing, to me that feels toxic. Am I Because I don't have to away... be small. I don't have to be small and have and lose something to make you gain something. Absolutely. So that and that's where I think about it is like at, like being equitable as opposed to equal, right? Sometimes it's Amen. not about being 50%. That's right? the first time you heard that, being equitable as opposed to being equal. I tell people all the time when black men and I are having conversations and they talk about how women treated them, I said, your pain is equitable, but we are not equals in the hierarchy. No. The way a black man is perceived societally speaking in a patriarchal society is not the same thing that I'm being seen. So you can't weigh it the same when you malign me versus when I malign you. you I'm maligning you as a person. You're maligning me as a system. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they'd be like, I wasn't prepared for any of this. I was just saying that she's a bitch. <laughs> I'm like, she can be a bitch singularly. But when you do it and you're being sexist, yeah, being different. sexist is very different than being a bitch. It's different. Two people are doing something that seems similar. A perfect example, and please tell me if you agree with this. I love having somebody who can technically tell me if I'm being on my P's and Q's. <laughs> we had an argument about the word uh, on my on my show um, about the word threesome. Me and my two male co-hosts, who I will say I've watched become a lot more evolved just from having me mm. in the room. And because even when they don't agree with me in the moment on the show, later on, two, three episodes later, they're repeating something I had, I had said and that they had disagreed with. I was like, look at you evolving <laughs> after that? you. Right. <laughs> look at you evolving. Yeah, like, yes. So at one show, we were talking about sex and they were mentioning a train. I said, you mean a threesome? They were like, no, it was a train because it was a girl and two guys. I said, pause. <laughs> threesome means three people, right? Yes. If you leave your house as a man and sleep with two people of the opposite sex, women, identified humans you had a threesome you're the man if i as a woman leave my house and have sex with two people of the opposite sex i'm a hoe who got a train ran on me we both had a threesome but you yeah. want to call it a train because i'm i have to be demeaned when i do the same thing you just did mm -hmm. it is threesome means three equitable people are have are fucking yeah right yeah, yeah. it literally is in the title threesome yeah. three three, three of them are trying to get some whoever rest mm -hmm. yes yep and so i was like when you make it a train only because the woman is the minority in the room, that is sexist. Mm -hmm. And they said, we disagree. And I said, I think it's cute. You think you disagree about what's demeaning to me as a woman. Right. You actually don't have men. You don't have a right to agree on everything. It's like saying, I disagree. The sky is blue. Not everything actually needs your input. No. And so that moment for me, I walked away very angry because I could tell that in their man brain, they weren't being sexist. They've always just been taught that if it's a woman, it's a, it's a train. You're holding on to your power. Fast right? forward, Jason Lee is now on Angela Yee's lip service. And he's sitting next to Money Long, who we love. Money Long, hours, hours. You know that song? Oh, I could okay. do this Thank for you. hours. Sit and kiss you for hours. <laughs> this is why I'm not on the record, because I can't sing it. And she had a moment where, because I always say this all the time, whether you're male or female, we're all taught, taught misogyny. Mm. Whether you're black or white, we're all taught racism. Mm -hmm. So it's bullshit to say because you belong to a group that you can't be anti that group. Not all skin folk or kin folk. Right. They're talking about sex and she, they were talking about a threesome. And she's like, oh, but that's a girl. So that's a train. She has the, the woman said that. Mm -hmm. My booty cheeks immediately clenched because Jason said next to her, I was like, if he co-signs. Good, right? <laughs> my work here is done. I have done nothing good on this show. And with that, and I love him for this. I actually texted him that I was proud of him. He said, no, honey, that's a threesome. Hello. She said, what? No, no. I was taught that some girls like getting trans ran on them, you know, and not realizing that she was accidentally doing the whole shaming thing. Mm. He's like, that's fine. Anybody, anybody can like getting fucked. But three human beings is a threesome because the connotation of a train is that she's a dirty slut rather than an equitable partner. I'm like, Jason Lee, is that you? Hey. I took a, the clip and I said, Jason, I am so proud of you. I don't even think he remembers that he got that from me, right? Yeah. But the beauty of that is when you call people in to have a learning moment mm -hmm. they don't hold on to the shame because you didn't shame them but they find themselves naturally evolving on topics without realizing it how do you teach without shaming because i'm still constantly evolving on how to do that yeah i meet people where they are right Ooh, what, like if it's, I, what if it's in the gutter like i mean some people are in the gutter right so like you, you know at, at some point i was in the gutter right you gotta kneel down you gotta get on the floor like you gotta get right there get and some it's knee like, pads get some knee pads 
mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like either reflecting their own language. Like, you know, I'm not going to talk about <laughs> trains and threesomes in the same way that I am in like an academic institution, which is not the same that I would with clients. Right. Yeah. Like the, sometimes it's just about shifting and changing your language. I also, you know, and I think this is a long time, like therapist lesson that I've had of just like, for example, you having that lesson for Jason in that moment, it might not have clicked immediately, mm-hmm. but it seeped into his brain, right? Subconsciously. He had to have, subconsciously. He probably it, doesn't even remember the episode. There had to have be a, another example, you know, with Angela Lee, there had to be another example in order for him to apply that knowledge, right? So sometimes when I'm with people, I remember that I'm only with people for 50 minutes, mm-hmm. an hour and 15, whatever. But I'm going to speak light into you and give you information that reaches your level and maybe you need to come back in order to get that lesson right maybe that lesson is going to happen days or months from now but as long as I keep coming to you genuinely and say I actually want to give you some different information to maybe have a different mindset my trust is that you're going to go and hopefully it seeps in right but I have to let that go that I have power to be able to change your mind yeah I don't I don't I don't ever want to own anybody else's process I actually find it heavy Mm -hmm. and it's so funny because one time we're having a conversation and out of nowhere, damage, my other male co-host said, well, I don't want to kink shame. I was like, I don't have these boys sound like, <laughs> that's hilarious. <laughs> I, have a, I have a dude from North Philly talking about, I don't want to kink shame. <laughs> and then one time he called me, he was like, yo, one of my boys, his girl had a girl in VIP, but like she was trans and he was upset. And I was like, why? It's still a woman and why do you care? You, He was like, but it makes me look bad. And he was like, but you be having ugly bitches and you don't care about that either. Like a, a beautiful trans girl right, is right, no worse for your branding. <laughs> No, but in his own male way, I was like, "Damage, you're teaching your friends not to be transphobic." Yeah, he's like, "I was just telling him it sounded stupid." I was like, "No, damage, you're an advocate." <laughs> I know you think you're just trying to do what's right, but it's. I love seeing how when you call people in to use David Johns's terminology. I love David. You met him last night. Mm-hmm. I, first of all, I'm going to ask you later how you even know David because DC's so small. I'm not surprised. So yeah, we've run into many spaces. Together. And so like calling people in is so funny because you do it in a way that they don't even realize they're getting it from you. Mm-hmm. All they know is something inside of them is telling them this is wrong. Let me, let me pivot. I really wish we could have more conversations. Like I had a friend say, how do you feel that people often mimic you or regurgitate your language, but don't cite you? And Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not doing it to be cited because I had to learn it from somewhere. Mm -hmm. I'm doing it to change the world that my children are going to inherit. So if we have an argument on Monday and by Saturday, you're advocating for my point and forgot that you got it from me. You're passing on to somebody else who got it from you. Fine. And then so on and so forth. And the next time I talk to y'all as a collective, we're suddenly talking in a really kind of freaking healthy way. Mm -hmm. Do you find it hard sometimes, though, to date, though? Or do you only date people who are equally emotionally intelligent as you? Uh, (laughs) You like that pivot? How did we get there? Mm -hmm. Um, Dating. Mm -hmm. How do I talk about this? Um, It. Do I, I? I'm. I'm in the season to where you have you have to have a certain level of understanding about things. Not to say that they always have to be the same, but first of all, how connected so you are are your blackness. And when I say connected, like committed and affirmed, mm-hmm. right? Like blackness can look on very different spectrums, but I there has to be a certain perspective that you have. I always say that I can only that fuck with black people who actually like being black. That's it. That's it. Not all like you guys for all my white, Asian, and and, and non black uh listeners and viewers there are lots of black people who don't like being black because we're all taught anti-blackness yeah all of us every single one of us and i personally cannot have intimate space with black people who do not love their blackness no that doesn't feel good to me and and i need for you to also have a certain level of understanding of queerness not queerness Mm. in terms of sexuality yeah but my queerness is just like it's political my queerness is personal my queerness is in my motherhood and my partnerships and how i date and how i fuck like i need for you to think outside of a certain line or box for me um and even if i even if i've dated people that are that identify as heterosexual sexual there still has to be a level of queerness and difference even in expression and aesthetic that i that is important to me i love that you said that because now that i've i think a lot of my dc friends because i was in dc for 12 years and they all only saw me with women well first of all i made sure that y'all didn't see me with anybody i've, I've always been very discreet <laughs> with <laughs> my situations but like a lot of them were like well now that you're dating men more in la does that mean you're straight now i said no i'm still pansexual mm. But I realized that I can only date men who are allies to the queer community because I can't sleep next to and do life with someone 
who would attack the people that I used to love. Absolutely. Like there's something about that. Like, I cannot be with a man who's homophobic, no matter how amazing he was to me in the same light. I was having a colorism conversation with a homegirl, and I told her, I asked her, I was like, you said that you are an ally and you don't believe in colorism. But when you, you told me that you're dating a guy who made a big old point about how he only talks to yellow bones. Mm. Did you push back on him on that? She, right. got, she got real quiet. Yeah. So I was like, you can't say that you don't believe in colorism, but not only benefit, but leverage and capitalize on colorism and your and your mating practices mm-hmm. and intentionally date colorist men because you're quote unquote on the winning team to them. In that moment, you are actually feeding colorism whether you think you're colorist or not. Absolutely. How are you talking about me behind closed doors? Exactly. That's what I need to know. Like, even if I was... That's a fucking gem. You are full of gems. You (laughs) the gem dropper. You be trying. You the hamburglar. (laughs) You be trying. Uh, But yeah, that is very important to me that no matter who I date, like, I need for you to be, like, pro-black, pro-queer, like... Pro yeah. like pro fat. I need pro dark skin. Like there are yeah. all these check marks where it's just like I can leave you with a group and I know that I'm gonna come back and I'm not gonna have to feel like, what did you all talk about that I'm not here? Like, what did you say? Like I love that that's you said, important. You to said me. pro fat because I think when I moved to LA, people were shocked by me using the word fat. Mm. And I was like, No, you guys keep trying to make me the token. Mm. I can't tell my people but like, I don't really usually date big girls, but this you, you know, you pretty and I like your energy and you smell good. I'm like, what am I, a show pony? I'm just like, fuck? why are we still here? Yeah. <laughs> and so when I moved to LA, I made a point to talk about fatness in everybody's face immediately. Blatantly, yeah. Like I'm fat, I'm fine, I'm awesome, I'm amazing. I'm probably the dopest bitch you'll date, but like please do not think that I'm apologizing for this body or that you're making me doing me a favor by dating me. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have tried to date me thinking, "Oh my god, the fact that I could see past this and see how beautiful she is." Like I was like, "No, there's nothing to see past. I'm amazing." Right. <laughs> and I will say in DC and I'm oh this is going to be controversial but brave. Ooh, I'm about go. to do it. Okay, I need to figure out how messy this is going to get. <laughs> In D.C., there was a lesbian who had a deep affection for me. Uh-huh. And the chemistry was undeniable to the point where I shut down and they were pursuing me a little bit heavily. Then I realized that they could not reconcile with my size despite mm-hmm. being heavily attracted to me. For years, they told everybody to the point of me losing friends that I was a delusional person with a one-sided crush. mm because and the audience was prepared to believe them because here's this heartthrob that everybody likes who doesn't date big girls so blue must be delusional Mm -hmm. i spent over a decade being maligned having my character attacked being told i was delusional just for being honest about a connection that was mutual Mm -hmm. and also being honest with the fact that those thin girls that you would date whenever you would break up you would end up at my house Mm -hmm. for comfort for comfort Mm -hmm. and i became really offended that you had a stronger connection with me, but optics made you keep running back to them. I let this go. I took it as a painful decades long, a decades a long time lesson. And then I get drunk with this person one night and they cry and finally admit that they love me. Oh, okay. Well, And I said, well, at least you're telling the truth now. Two months later, they're sober. We're back in DC around our friends. And I said, but you know, we used to have that connection. And they said, I don't know what you're talking about. I've only ever seen you as a friend. There's a level of pain that I have with that that has now made it impossible for me to ever let anybody mm. act like them liking me or wanting me is something that has to be a secret or that it's going to be downplayed because I now intimately know what it's like to be slandered for having the audacity to like yourself. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, a full mm-hmm, decade mm-hmm. of my life. And this is something that you know, which is why I'm being very thoughtful with my language. Okay. And me and this person are still friendly but I don't think they recognize how much harm their internalized fat phobia caused me. Yeah. Because there were times where they, at half my size, were going on diets trying to lose weight. And I'm walking around just cute and fun in my short sets, looking like I'm ready to get fucked and have a great time. Mm-hmm. And they would be like, you're so conceited. And I was like, why are you mad that I like myself? <laughs> right. <laughs> what advice would you give? And, it, and fat phobia is only one place this happens. It happens with dark-skinned girls who, for some reason, I've never gotten the, the colorist thing personally, mm-hmm. which has always been weird to me because I'm like, I think the fat phobia was always a thing, but I've never had somebody say, you're pretty for a dark-skinned girl. I also had people, somebody check me and said that I do have color dysmorphia. Even though I'm a dark-skinned chocolate woman, I, up until, don't laugh, two years ago. I'm just like, all these terms, what, okay, what does that mean? Um, Because 
I went to buy makeup for the first time because you know I was my makeup done professionally, uh-huh. and I I grabbed the palette and it looked like blackface. I was like, "Oh, that's not my color." <laughs> and they were like, hey, that's, "That's Lupita." And I was like, "Oh no, but we chocolate. We well, both I mean, she chocolate, I, I chocolate." I a little bit of that too. Yeah. yeah, and I thought me and Lupita were the same color, and the lady had to sit me down and had like an intervention. Like you and Lupita Nyong'o are not the same color. But it's just like for some for some group of people, I'm light skinned which is really which really throws me off. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, what? But and you don't I'm, be and, tricking me. And like, Afro Latin okay. spaces, my mom was the darkest. I had cousins who looked like the, the, the barges. Mm. So in my mind, I think my color skewing is once you hit chocolate, it's all just chocolate. Right. And so I realized that whether it's colorism or fat phobia or whatever, or classism, how do you deal with when you're someone who is not conventionally attractive? Because a lot of times people say, beautiful girls do well in LA. I'm like, but I'm a beautiful girl. And I, yeah. I know that I can't rely on being beautiful because I'm not conventionally beautiful, even though I know I'm beautiful. <sighs> what does that mean? Though? Conventionally beautiful means fat phobic and white presenting. White presenting. So because you got to be a size two. People out here that you have call to have... themselves attractive, and I'd be like, mm, to who, right? Like, uh... yo, if you light enough or or, or scrawny enough, you you're gonna be attracted That's to somebody. Right. Ah, is this is this where the problematic part comes in? Because I, for me, I'm just like, if you're if you call yourself conventionally attractive, the way that I see if you're really attractive is like if I can also picture you darker skin and you're still attractive to me. Ooh, I do that. That's because I'm not I dark skin first and foremost for me, like period. And then when I see other people and I'm just like, okay, you're calling yourself conventionally attractive, but is that only because you're light skin? Is that bad to say? It's not bad to say, but this is a celebrity who um, (laughs) is a biracial child of a famous person who I think is aggressively unattractive because of her complexion. I don't think she knows it. And this is not to talk ill of light-skinned people at all. Duh, obviously, because I've been talking about my own fucking family. But I do think that when you're on the winning team, merit goes out the window. So in the same way that Uh, when a white man is mediocre because the world is built for him, who cares? He's still winning. Right. If you are white presenting or um, really thin or really rich, or there's lots of currencies in the hierarchy, that thing will skew your ability to, to feel good about yourself Very true. in a way that somebody who doesn't have access would, wouldn't. So mm-hmm. perfect example. How many guys have we known who would meet Naomi Campbell and, and or Normani or Ryan, um, that beautiful girl, Ryan, I forgot mm-hmm. her, Ryan Destiny, yeah. and be like, oh, she's not cute enough for me, but then date a white woman who looks like Pac-Man, right? And so like, <laughs> what, built like a refrigerator, uh, ramen noodle hair, but this is your white queen, right? And so, like, let's be honest, you're not being shallow. You're being anti-black at that moment. Because shallow means I like pretty shit. Or, like, if you like that, that's fine. No, 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 fine. no. Just don't you, Just don't Shallow say, means pretty, though. Like, let's be honest. Shallow I mean, means pretty. But, I, but I'm also just, like, pretty to whom, right? Like, But if she but if she was darker, to use your point, if 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 Becky was dipped in chocolate shape, like a, looking like Pac-Man, you would call her ugly. Uh... I mean, I'm gonna look at you and I'm gonna say, like, are you still cute? <laughs> like, are you, so, am I still attracted to you? There've been a couple of guys that I've known who've dated women who were not attractive but were white. Oh, I mean, and that yeah. immediately made them attractive. And then mm. they'll, I'll see a supermodel who happens to be black, and they're picking her apart. And I'm like, okay, that's not shallow anymore. That's not preference. That is anti-blackness mm, because, mm-hmm. because objectively speaking, this is one thing I, I think is a skill of mine. I objectively see beauty. Like I'm clear where I, where I chart on the scale, regardless of my own personal interest. If I had an ugly baby, I would know. Mm. You know how I know? Because my mother, when I was born, said I had a funny nose, and she was like, ooh. And she spent the first <laughs> month of my life fixing my nose, so it's in my genes. That we, <laughs> yeah, there's just a level of yeah. Of... We're we don't have rose color in my family. We know mm-hmm. attractive and not attractive, regardless of if it belongs to us or not. Mm-hmm. There's a couple. Of people, I'm not gonna get too much of my family business, but we know if you're cute or not in my family. Gotcha. So I know a lot of times I'll see somebody who's really attractive, and people are acting like they're not attractive just because they're black, or fat, right. or whatever. Yeah. And then I'll see somebody who's extra regular, who's getting like all the, this head gassing just because they fit the stereotypical ideal. Mm-hmm. And that makes me nervous. Perfect example. Equitable versus equal. Coyle Ray versus Lizzo. They've both been shoddy, body shamed, but it's not Not equal to the to... same, right, not equal. Absolutely. Shaming somebody for being too much of the ideal is not the same as shaming somebody for not being the ideal at all. Mm-hmm. And so when people say, well, Coyle Ray's getting dragged as much as Lizzo. To, to whom? Y'all lie all the time just to make a point. Yeah. They love to. <laughs> <laughs> they love it. 
the intellectual dishonesty it takes to say that a white person being discriminated against is equitable to a black person being discriminated against mm -hmm. or reverse racism child i love made up terms <laughs> or that a skinny person a super skinny person who could be a model is being discriminated against for being too skinny the same way as a, a fat black girl mm -hmm. yeah same thing right Y'all be lying just to make a point. And I say this all the time. Just because your pain is valid doesn't mean it's equal. Have your pain. That's your pain. It is valid as your pain. Mm -hmm. But it does not mean that you having a one-on-one -on -one confrontation that hurts your feelings is the same thing as me having a whole system built against me. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love yeah. that response. You know, I... I also want people to realize that while you're in these like really deep conversations back and forth with each other and pe especially when people are like doing the call in and they expect an apology. Like yeah. I see a lot of just like I need for you to apologize so I feel valid in my emotions. Mm -hmm. Like sometimes I feel like people are, people want apologies so they feel the same way they did before the harm happened. Yeah. And I'm like that's not how apologies work because now you are because harm has happened or you had a difference like you all have changed, right? Mm -hmm. The way I, the way that I interact with you have changed. The way that things that, the way that we speak to each other is going to There's shift. Been a shift yeah. There's been a shift. So you work off of the shift. You don't work off of the previous experience that you have with a person. And so I see this a lot, like on social media, where people are just like, "I want an apology for how you hurt me," and it's just like. But are you expecting to have the same experience before you got hurt? Or are you willing to learn and evolve with you both around your relationship on what's next? And I feel like that's hard for people to realize. Like people want to feel validated mm -hmm. and even in their power, right? Like I want to feel like I have my power back because you took it away from me. As opposed to, oh, I am a different person. This has shifted. Let's figure out what this looks like equitably once we move forward, if that makes it's sense. It's so funny that you, you talk about apologies because I've always felt that I've gotten to a place where I'm really good at apologies. But the reason why some people don't receive me as being good at apologies is because I give pure apologies. Mm. And a lot of people, they say they want an apology, but what they want to do is to eat my shame. Mm -hmm. They want me to to just flag myself and lash myself and crumble and say I'm a shitty human being mm -hmm. and just give you the theater of pain. Feel as bad as I so do. So that you can eat, they can eat my shame. Mm -hmm. And because I'm a shameless person who's also full of accountability and knows how to pivot into like solution spaces and who can validate you and affirm you while still holding on to my own value, it's not satisfying when I apologize because I'm not a shitty person who fucked you over. I'm a dope person who hurts someone that they care about. Mm -hmm. And one does not feel like the other. Yeah. People be like, I don't like it when you apologize to me. This shit be, you feel, I feel like you're still in power. I'm like, oh no, honey, I'm not, I'm not giving up my power. No, right, 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 right. I'm, I'm trying to give you some of yours back. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> but I'm, I'm Gucci, exactly. honey. Exactly. And I was born during the cusp of power, so that's just a weird flex. I will say this too, like we have to be honest that like, Trauma makes you want to time travel. I tell my clients this all the time. Mm -hmm. Trauma makes you a time traveler. Because when you're feeling anxiety, you're worried about the future. When you're being triggered, you're being pulled into the past. Like, the present is the healthiest place to live Here in. But when go. you're in a space of trauma, you're time traveling anywhere. And so you want to go to the past before it happens. Mm -hmm. We don't live there anymore, sis. We don't sis. live there anymore. That's gone. <laughs> That's gone. I... Wish I had booked you to be here for two hours because you're gonna be shocked. But we only have like like a third of this time left. I know, oh. it's flying by. Like, <laughs> I'm just sitting there talking. Been like 35, 40 minutes already. No, I, it was like it was just a regular conversation, right? Like yeah. we're two human beings talking, okay. humanized, humanized. And so I want to make sure that we do talk about what's happening with. Um, actually, do I want to talk about Young Thug? Oh, what's happening with Young Thug? So you, I'm going to do a quick thing on, on Young Thug and then pivot. Okay. Young Thug is a rapper, obviously, for those of you who are not into rap music, but he has a RICO case against him. Him um, and 20, there's 28 counts. Uh -huh. For those who don't understand what RICO is, I'm going to give you a quick tutorial. RICO means that if me, Shania, and two other friends decide we're going to start a gang called the Taurus Gang. Oh, gang, gang. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Bull gang. I almost wore a nose ring. That would have been so Taurus that two nose rings. <laughs> and... Shania robs a bank for our gang. I embezzle money for our gang. The other girl launders money for our gang. And then the last person does a hit and shoots the, the bank teller for our oh, gang. Wow, this is organized. If we are part of an organized team, Shania's not going to be just charged for her crime. 
we're all being charged for all the crimes because we were doing it as a collective. Oh, okay. So when Rico comes in, it means everybody gets got for everything because of who actually did it. Oh, yowzers. So when there's 28... <laughs> this is concerning. So shout out, for those of you who did not understand Rico, I hope you understood that. It just means that allegedly he is involved in organized crime and the full breadth and weight of what everybody in his alleged group has done is going to fall on his shoulders. Uh -oh. And the worst part is 80% of the evidence came from Instagram and his rap lyrics. Oh, no. <laughs> Which is the pivot that we want to do to oversharing. How do you feel? You like how we teach and then we pivot. <laughs> right. <laughs> Humanize. I was, <laughs> I was like, I haven't done any of these things, but what? how can I assist in your question? Yeah, because I was like, Blue, I don't, this hot topic is provocative. How does that do with me? Well, speaking of oh. oversharing, <laughs> because we now recognize it's dumb as hell to overshare oh, when you're committing crimes. Right. But I think we sh we commit social crimes as well. All the time. That we also overshare about. What is the line in the sand for you when it comes to what you share and don't share, particularly now that you are a mother, you have a child, you have your doctor now, you have clients and patients and students who are going to be being nosy and looking at your page at 2 o'clock on, on a Sunday morning. Like, How do you navigate all the different people that you are with how you engage socially? <laughs> My line is my parents. Like I'm like, oh. can I put can I put this Great online? Line. <laughs> can I put this online? And my mom is not going to be embarrassed, right? And it's and it's just like I have to I have to think of that way because if I don't, I'll put anything up there. Like I want to be naked and ratchet just like everybody else, but I you know, because I have a new position, because I am people people see me differently than I see myself, which is something yes. I'm having an issue with. Yeah. I will openly admit. So I have to use my mom as like my moral online compass because I don't, I, I will just put anything. I think I want to share a lot of things, but also, you know, I don't want my mom seeing my ass or twerking. I wish to God you had told me this before I started this show. What? Uh -oh. I went back to Boston and I went to my mom's room. She found humanized. And I'll oh, talk about all types of shit. Oh, see. My mother doesn't even know I'm pansexual. I think my mother still thinks I'm a 40-year-old virgin. <laughs> so I walk in. <laughs> I walk in, and she's watching an episode with my friend Jeff. She's like, I like your friend Jeff. I think he's gay. Does he, does he know? Does he know? Oh, Lord. <laughs> I'm like, oh, honey. I like, I was like, mommy. I don't think she knows I'm pansexual. So I think when she was watching the show, I was talking about being pansexual. She thought I was talking about cooking. Like, I don't think she fully understood. Oh, you love cooking? So she's been watching the show, and now I'm scared to make eye contact with her. Aww. She's like, I watched your other show with a, a boy named Damage. He's very handsome. I was oh. like, Mom, oh, man. Oh, Mom. We talked about sex and dating the entire show. <laughs> That's all you got, Mom. You just, okay. All right. So thanks. I don't know if she's in denial now and just watching binge-watching Humanized mm. and is, like, in a space where she just doesn't want to tell me that she now knows about my whole phase and all my business. But I am a little bit... Yeah, I should have taken your advice. Yeah, yeah, just 90% of what, what I, I share on the internet, I don't want my mother knowing. Yeah, and so now I have to think, like, I, do I need to separate accounts for these things? I don't know. But that my mom is, my mom and my dad are definitely, because my mom will quickly reshare things. She'll just, and yeah, oh, look shit. at my daughter, look at my, look at my daughter, my <laughs> baby girl. Meanwhile, you're having a dominatrix, uh, like, me, right, meanwhile, <laughs> swinging my the doctor is in. She's like, what kind of doctor? Yes. my baby girl well, you know it's so crazy too because like now that you're a mom i've known you since 2008 oh is that wow wow and you're like a whole like mother now oh, like a child who stole your face <laughs> a whole little you as a human and in the last episode that um just came out i was talking to damage i was like when i talked to my friends out in la about getting married and want to have babies now they're all like oh my god in la mm. <laughs> you should get a dog Mm. I was like, no, I would like it to have my face. Yeah, <laughs> and not yeah. because I plastered it on <laughs> with a photocopier. <laughs> and so I'm now trying to identify members of my tribe that I can lean on during like the impending motherhood thing. Mm -hmm. I'm going to try to do it naturally if I can. I'm going to try to do in vitro if I can. I'm going to do adopt. Gotcha. I'm going to be ways. a mother regardless. However it happens, I'm going to be a mom, right? I, actually, I feel like I've already been a mother to a bunch of y'all. Mm. And so what advice would you give to women over 35 who are thinking about or determined to be mothers in this world that tells us, in this world where people like Kevin Samuels have, has been telling us, I'm not going to say rest in peace because oh, I wouldn't mean it, but in this world where people like Kevin Samuels are telling us that we are um, 
day old eggs. Like his last po- one of his last posts was of a man looking at eggs and said, "If you're over thirty five, no man wants these." Mm, 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 the mm. world is very cruel to us. Mm-hmm. What's your advice to us? Because I want to end on, on a note of Mother's Day just passed a, a while ago, but I want to end on a note of like giving some kind of hope to those of us who are on the other side waiting to get to where you're at right now. Absolutely. Um, shout out to mothers of all genders. Um, I appreciate mother as a gender. That is an identity that I have. And I will say as a person who has gotten pregnant over 35, that it can be done. And mm. even if it's not, you know, the quote unquote natural way, like there are plenty of like organizations and clinics who are willing to help you get to where you need to go. Um, I knew that I, my baby's a donor baby. And so I was very intentional about who I chose in terms of like sperm, you know, in terms of sperm. And like, mm-hmm. I did a lot of research. Um, I knew at the time I wasn't with my partner, but I was making this conscious decision of having this baby and what I wanted my village to look like. Mm. And so there were particular people that I chose who were, you know, godfathers or godmothers or aunties or uncles or, you know, or auntie uncles, whoever, how people identify, gunkles. you know, gunkles, mm-hmm. all the all the many different like identities. Like everybody was like, I want to I want to do this. I want to do this. I want to show for this. I will watch the baby. If you go out of town, you know, if you're at a conference. So it's I will say it can be done, but the most important thing that I have learned is like you have to have your people. Like, yeah, I will be your person, of course. Like I will definitely be here to Aww. to help with all the things. Mary has an auntie already. <laughs> yes, I'll be more than happy to. But it it can be done. I would just definitely get a community to do it with you. Like I always right. say, like how are we gonna have queer futures without queer kids? It, it takes a village. Have some babies, y'all. And it's really interesting, too, because now when I look at friends, I'm like, who would I want to be around my child? Yes. And who would I want watching me engage with? Because when your children watch people treat you poorly, they internalize that. Mm -hmm. So there's sometimes there's a couple of friends I have who I love who I'm like, I wouldn't want my kid to see how you treat me. Yeah. And so I will say I think motherhood's going to make me even more honest than I already am. Um, when you come, I want you to come back so bad. Oh, give me a reason. Yeah, no. This is my final tour, you know, so I'm ready if I need to. I need you. To, when, when do you leave? Saturday morning. Shit. We should have scheduled you to come to another show. Because I recently got a diagnosis that I really wanted to talk to you about. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a it's a thing that I haven't shared publicly yet, but I've been telling my close friends. It's not anything bad. Okay. It's not it's, it's it's not bad, but there can be stigma attached to it depending on how evolved the people you're talking to are. And it's one of those things where I feel like I, I, I like a superhero, but mm. but that's just the way my brain works. Right. Like, yeah, I look at me being a superhero. So yeah, I, I wanna have a, a really great conversation with you and I think that you are probably one of the best equipped people I know to have it. So I'm gonna intentionally to your face, so on camera, ask you to come back. Shanae, our hour is over. Dang. It went by fast, right? I know. We feel like we just barely started talking. I just talking. sat down, right. We just got warmed up. Okay. This is what potting is. Okay. I'm, 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 all, I'm all for it. The, the way that you're looking at the... <laughs> <laughs> the visual of the way that you are engaging with this mic, it's yeah. sometimes phallic. It's sometimes like a, an aggressive, like you're scared of it. Really? <laughs> sorry, sorry. Okay. I'm a professional, really. She's a great professional. And one thing I will say as well to... Um, meeting your friend yesterday, I was like, mm-hmm. you have a tendency to attract kind people. Yes, very, like, very kind. Everybody can be as flawed as they want to. We all have our flaws, but you are a kind people magnet. And that's one oh. of the things I've always loved about you. That's good to hear. Thanks. I'm glad you I hope it. you agree, too. Yes. I agree. I agree. Well, that wraps up this episode of Humanize. For those of you who have been watching the show or listening, if you are listening on Apple, please, please, please give us five stars, um, rate us, and um, follow us because apparently that helps the algorithm. Okay. I'm yeah, still not. Look, I'm just doing this pod thing because it keeps on paying my bills. Okay. But also make sure that you go to bluecentricshop.com to um, buy any of the goods that we have on sale or if you want to just book a reading with me or consultation with me. Get both. All of them. All them of them. Them candles. Get them candles. This is what I want to shout before we wrap up. We are having our Emotional Intelligence Workshop Series 10 weeks starting next month. Please register if you are interested. If you ever want to do work with me, if you are somebody who has a therapist and needs someone to have the rest of the greasy conversation... That mm-hmm. your therapist legally can't have with you. Mm-hmm. We have that. If you want somebody who wants to have a group setting with accountability partners, we're good for that. It's just a really great time. And also, I sometimes accidentally end up giving ter- like psychic readings to my clients because 
okay. Their spirit guys jump in during the sessions. I'm like, oh, your auntie said you were lying. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's always fun when that happens. But the URL is ots22.eventbrite.com. And OTS stands for Own Thy Shift. Mm. So all the workshops I do are called Own Thy Shift because I'm not saving anybody. I'm just giving them the tools to save themselves. Yeah, let them do it. So ots22.eventbrite.com. Please, please, please share that with anybody that you know who needs to work on their internal dialogue, their relationship management, their boundary enforcement, or just letting go of anything toxic that's holding them back. Um, Shanae, you are amazing. I could not love you more if I tried. Thanks for having me. Bye, I love guys. you too. Electric acid. Welcome to the Candle Power Hour. Come with us backstage behind the scenes of show business spanning over four decades and bringing you the experiences that can only be told by the people who were there. Our guests are from the A-list, the F-list, and everyone in between. Get set for some of the most insane, hilarious, and inspiring stories you will ever hear. I'm Mercury. And I'm Diego. Your host for the, the Candle, Candle Power, Power Hour. Hour. Hey guys. It's Miriam Love here, and I want to share something very special with you. Check out my new release, All In, the Spanish remixes, out now on Electric House Records. And always remember, be love, share love, all love. Available now wherever you listen to music.